I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Yo, this is Skits Craven, and you're listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. You're checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine, and this is almost our last of our in-person interviews before we move to our video chat format. Um, I think next week will be the last one, and then it's uh, quarantine edition from there on out. Check it out. My guest today is Skits Craven. Uh, this guy is a great example of how labels don't ever really do us justice. Um, he's considered a horrorcore rapper. Uh, some, I think someone called him the Marilyn Manson of rap. Um, and he talks about what that's like and also kind of finding his range as an artist to go into stuff that's way beyond uh, that type of music. Uh, he gives us in, some insights into blowing up on TikTok and what that's done for him and what it what it takes. Um, and also a really interesting perspective on live shows, which I know we're not having right now, but someday soon, hopefully we will be having live shows again. Um, he's got some great thoughts on that as well. So I hope you'll get into it right after the EDM.com track of the week. Like I'm Bruno. Bruno, I'm taking shots with the gods. gods. 
In that white rope color, Kuko. All my homies meet me at the bar. You know I'm a Nimi by two hoes. That was King Kung and Dex Turner with Bruno, the EDM.com track of the week. If you like that one, get over to EDM.com and check out more new music. And let's get into our interview with Skits Craven. Let's get into it, man. I'm, I'm excited to know how it, uh, how it all came to be and, and what you're up to next and all that. So um, tell me about, let's go back all the way to the beginning. Mm. Do you remember first getting into music, like the first record that you ever bought or fell in love with? Yeah, yeah. Well, somewhat first record I bought. Um, I can tell you the first hip-hop album I bought. But uh, I just, music's been my life. Music's been a part of my life, my entire life. Uh, my my father was a musician. He uh, was in like a rock band and shit growing up uh, through high school and college and like early twenties. Mm. And uh, what so play? he was a percussionist, so okay. drums. Yeah. So him being a percussionist, he wanted me to get in like piano and shit at a young age. He wanted me to be able to read music and kind of do that because mm-hmm. he always said he wishes he started playing the piano as a kid. He wishes his parents did that. Yeah. They never did. So he's kind of wanted me to do that. So. Like around four or five years old, I started playing the keys and uh, taking like piano lessons and stuff like that, learning how to read music, so that helped. Um, music was always being played in my home. Uh, Pops always played like, you know, Beatles and Sinatra and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I've always been around music. Uh, got into percussion like in middle school. Got, I, was, uh, I made the percussion team and did kind of that. High school, I, I quit everything. I was <laughs> totally did a... Uh, uh, a U-turn and mm. went the opposite way with my life, but uh, still continued with being a fan of music. Uh, first, first album I ever bought was Michael Jackson. Okay, uh, he's forever my number one favorite artist of all time. Uh, so inspirational. I mean, I, you already know about him. So, uh, and then uh, started getting into hip hop like around like fourth grade, third grade. Okay. Uh, first uh, album I ever hip hop album I ever bought was Eight Mile soundtrack. Okay. My mom's made me get the edited version from Walmart. The, you know, oh, they, yeah, they had, yeah. I think Walmart at the time was the only one that like sold they, like the clean version. Yeah, they wouldn't I mean? sell the dirty version. Exactly. So, so I was hyped on that. But then my homie had the edit, uh, the non-edited. So I'd always go over to his house after school and like do that and hear hear the hear the dope shit. So you bought that? Was that after seeing the movie? Uh, no, I didn't see the movie in fourth grade. I didn't see the okay. movie till like maybe a year after that, maybe like fifth grade. Okay. But uh, yeah, I just liked I just liked Eminem, man. Yeah. You know, and uh, and then uh, yeah, just started falling in love with hip hop ever since then. So real quick on the Michael Jackson record, what was the what was the song that just you bumped over and over? Oh my goodness, I, Smooth Criminal is mm-hmm. probably one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billie Jean. My ass memorized the entire routine for the live Billy Jean. <laughs> everything from the kick, to spin, yeah. toes, everything, man. Yeah, I idolized that man. It's funny. I mean, you know, we, we talk about, you know, it's hard to remember how dominant that record was or how or Michael was just in the in the scheme of pop culture, mm-hmm. right? Like, no, no one is that dominant. No one will ever be that dominant again. Ever, for sure. Um, but, you know, but you bring up a good point, like, because we used to not just, you know, we used to watch the videos and memorize the steps and, you know, you had the whole world moonwalking or mm. whatever that crazy kick shit he was yep. doing, right? Um, and I don't, 
I don't know that that happens anymore. Like as having an icon out there that people are like idolizing and memorizing each like, other. Like music videos are still really important. Oh, I yeah. know, you know, yeah. you, you reach a lot of people on YouTube, mm -hmm. you know, et cetera. But I don't, it's not the same kind of thing of like. Definitely not. Of like, I'm, I'm trying to learn the steps and I'm trying to like really live that video. Mm-hmm. You're right. I never even thought of that. That's crazy. I just don't think there'll ever be another icon like Michael or Elvis. Or I, I just don't think we're in a time where that can happen. Sure. There's so many artists now with streaming, and I just don't yeah. think I don't see it happening. No, I, I think, think the closest right. thing to that was Bieber back in when he was like, I saw far as star power. Right. Maybe not people saying I want to be like Bieber, but well, he did. He he fucked up a lot of people's hair, <laughs> and so like I mean I'm I'm kind of joking, but like, <laughs> but he did. He like became an icon with that haircut, mm -hmm. right? To where you had. You know, you you see you're on the bus and you just see that Bieber haircut, whatever. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's probably the closest. And I'm I'm sure things like that will still continue to happen, but but it's not at the same level. Right. Um, yeah, that's a trip. Uh, so okay, so Eight Mile kind of really makes you a hip hop fan. Yeah. Yeah. It's ironic because Eminem. I mean, I wouldn't even say Eminem's my. I'd have to put him top five. Mm -hmm. He might be fifth on my list. I don't know. But right? Everybody thinks like, oh, white rapper, like Eminem's sure. your favorite. It's like, honestly, bro, he's not. I wouldn't even, I'd put him maybe sixth. Is that right? Yeah. My all-time favorite's Lil Wayne. I okay. Mean, he's the reason I'm rapping today, pretty Is much. Is that right? Yeah. So what but, does that mean? Me, I, I was obsessed with that man's music uh, all through high school, mm -hmm. always bumping Wayne. I'm a young money millionaire, tougher than Nigerian hair, my criteria compared to your career just isn't fair, I'm a venereal disease, like a menstrual bleed through the pencil and leak on the sheet of the tablet in my mind, cause I don't write shit, cause I ain't got time for my second read. Homies could always count on me having the new Wayne song that day, and uh, trust me with the ox chord and stuff, so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Wayne is, I mean, as far as like a poetry fan and a hip hop fan. Yeah. Untouchable. So how'd you get started r rapping then? Yeah, so rapping uh, kind of just happened. Uh, so in high school, I started getting, uh, around 15, I started developing a lot of mental health issues, uh, kind of got a really bad temper, was diagnosed with a bunch of stuff. And uh, as a way to release my rage and temper and all that stuff without doing it in life, you know what I mean, in front mm -hmm. of like at mm -hmm. people and stuff. I would I started my therapist at the time recommended me write a write a diary. And when he told me that I kinda was like a diary. That's kinda don't teenage girls do that shit like I'm not writing a diary. Right. He's like, just try it. Just trust me. Just do me a favor, fucking try it. Yeah. It's all right. So uh yeah, one day I just uh, started writing like my thoughts down and like I'm sure there were if anybody picked that diary up they'd put me in a freaking <laughs> a cell block but you know I uh it was a way to cope and it was therapy so, so like those uh thoughts and stuff started turning into like little short stories I'd write like little things I started getting bringing up this these fantasy stories and stuff and and then uh I've always been a fan of rap and so I started writing like lyrics like poetry lyrics it wasn't like mm -hmm. songs but it wasn't it was just like like just rhyming and uh, that turned into like me showing one of my homies like hey man I've been doing this for like a month. Can I show you one of my like little spoken word things or whatever? And he's like, dude, you're like that's dope as fuck. You should like try like going like rapping. I'm mm -hmm. like, what? All right. So like 15, 16, just started like finding beats and just fucking around and freestyling at lunch and stuff with people. And uh, then uh, I started getting more into the writing. 
and I started getting started writing song songs actually with choruses and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Started showing more people, and more people were just like, "Doubt," like it caught their attention because I, from the jump, I've always written like pretty dark, uh, dark music. Uh, a lot of them were like violent and stories and stuff like that. So people were like, "Yo, like that's fucked up," but that shit's hard. Like no one's mm -hmm. doing that. Like that shit's like you should really keep. So I had a lot of like. Uh, people in my life tell, like motivating me and telling me, yo, keep going, keep going. Otherwise, I don't know how far I would have taken it. Um, but I just kept going, and then uh, people started saying, damn, you need to like record these. And so I started off on GarageBand on my fucking laptop, and I'll just, you know, started that way, but yeah. This episode of Rebel Radio is supported by Fiverr. How many of you are using this time to uh, get your side hustle going, launch a new business, some type of project? Um, if you are, send me a note. I want to hear about it. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it on the air. Who knows? But um, if you're doing that, you probably need freelance talent. I know we use freelancers for a lot of everything we do here at Rebel Radio, at our, our other projects with Rebel Industries. You know, how to find on-demand talent is an ongoing challenge. If you do it wrong, it's time consuming, it's frustrating, it can be expensive. Um, finding the right freelancer is for, for a business like ours and maybe yours is everything. Fiverr's platform is great because it helps businesses move through a network of trusted freelance talent. Um, you know, you can use them to find web programmers, copywriters, graphic design, editors, uh, hundreds of digital services, any, anything you can do pretty much across a computer, Fiverr's got it. It's easy to find what you're looking for instantly. You can search by service, by price, by reviews. You know exactly what you're paying for up front. Um, they have great 24-7 customer service and they deliver quality talent that you can count on. Check out Fiverr.com today and receive 10% off your first order by using my code REBELRADIO. It's so easy. Find all the digital services you need in one place at fiverr.com, code Rebel Radio. Again, that's fiverr.com, code Rebel Radio. What was um, what was the first time up up on stage like? Holy shit! What was my first show? First show was when I opened up for Waka Flocka. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was tr fucking amazing. Because I was a huge Flocka fan, too. Yeah. So that was like nostalgia. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of emotions. Uh, it was cool, man. Except the dude in the front row that just fucking flipped me off the whole time. Of course. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, so that was cool. Um, so I took a water bottle and I threw it at him. Nice. Uh, that was fun. But yeah, Waka Flocka, man. That was, was at the observatory in Santa Ana. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So uh, that, that was cool. It was that's a packed a, house, too. That's a good place to start. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it kind of, when you go from that, and then your second show's at this little bar, right. it's like, fuck, man. Right. <laughs> go back to the, the dope shit. But, of course. But no, it was, yeah, it was cool. So it sounds like you had a lot of uh, uh, encouragement kind of early on. Yeah. Um, you know, usually getting some hate is kind of part <laughs> of the journey, too. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Um, so how do you take, how do you take both of those? I've... <laughs> It sounds maybe cliche or corny, but I, I honestly feed off the hate more than the positivity because mm. the positivity, like, in all humbleness, like, I know I'm dope. I, this is the one thing I'm good at in my life that I'm confident with. I'm not mm. good at anything else in my life but this. So when people, you know, praise my music or whatever, I, it's almost like, like, thank you, I appreciate it, but, like, this is why I'm doing it, you know? But when people, like, hate on it, 
I just want to know why. Mm. Like, if you just say, oh, you're trash, that, that does nothing for me, and I will not respect that. But if you tell me, yo, I, I think you're trash because of X, Y, and Z, I can fuck with that. I'll sit down and have a conversation with you. That's cool. And I might even, like, pick some pointers up from it. I love hearing, especially negative feedback, I'm down to hear that. Like, I know a lot of artists that can't stand that, sure. that literally, like, will avoid it at all costs. And I'm like, for me, I, I, I feel off that. I feel, I feel like it's healthy. Yeah. Especially as an artist, like if you have yes men and all that your whole life, it's not, you're never going to improve. You're not going to evolve. That's right. So I think it's good to have negative feedback. But I've gotten hate since the jump. You know, I had a lot of people, like I said, in my corny corner, like telling me, like, "Yo, keep going, like you're dope." But then with that comes hate. Also, I had a lot of people in my high school and shit that weren't fucking with it, or, or, oh, you're white, you know, that kind of shit. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But the hate never really bugs me. I just, the, what bugs me is just when, like I said, when people are just like, oh, you suck, or this song's trash, or this and that. Sure. It's like, explain a little more, bro. Like, I want to hear it. So. It's funny. I mean, I think we need both, right? We need, we need people in our corner. But, I mean, it sounds like for you that that, you know, that, uh, that negative energy or that, that criticism is, is fuel as well. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I wonder if that's, you know, so you talked, you talked about kind of some some mental health challenges. Um, is it uh, so you started writing kind of in response to to what was going on inside you, which I guess we all do, right? Mm -hmm. But um, did that make a difference to those issues? Like, did you find it? Uh, did you find that helpful? Like long term, what you were going through. Yeah, so 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 writing, um, it helped short short term for me. Like okay. if like say I'd flip out at school or whatever, or like throw a chair, or computer or something at a teacher, I'd have a fight with another student or something. I would go home and instead of throwing shit at my house and raging out that way, I would go home and and just talk about how I want to kill this kid or do mm -hmm. whatever and make like like that kind of shit. And that that helps short term, long term. Um, I feel like I had to kind of. I felt like I had to grow out of the, like a lot of the, sh the, the a lot of the depression and stuff. Like I still deal with depression, obviously, every day and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'll ever grow out of that. But as far as like the IED, the intermittent explosive disorder, uh, that I feel like that comes with age. Like I'll always have a temper. I've had a hot temper my whole life, but I know I'm a lot more mild than I used to be, mm -hmm. and I, I've learned how to control my temper. As being an adult, you know, you fly off the handle, you're going to jail, bro. Sure. Plain and simple. So yeah. it's like you, you learn what, you pick your battles. Yeah. When you're a kid, you don't give a fuck. You're like, I don't, what, what are you going to do? Right. Like, you know what I mean? So right. I feel like that helps. Um, but the writing definitely helps me to this day. I mean, it's more of like just, a, it's just what I do every day. So it's not like I'm, oh, I got to write because this happened. I just write. Good, bad, in love, not in love, you know, mm -hmm. so. Um, but definitely the writing was probably the, the best way of therapy for me personally during that time. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I saw an interview talking about um, your your childhood, right? You're saying you know came from a good family environment, mm -hmm. and you know, and like maybe not the environment that people would think of, mm. kind of leading to some of the challenges you went through. I think you know, to me, it feels like you know, no matter where we come from, we can all we all go through our shit. Mm. Right. And you kind of assume like um, that maybe people going through depression, like they've had it harder or they've had, you know, and I, I don't know if I don't, I don't know if it really works that way. Right. Like 
Yeah, I don't believe it. Yeah. I don't believe that at all. Some of the most fucked up people are like multi-millionaires' kids. You know, like some of these like billionaires and shit have kids. They're fucked up, man. Right. Because I don't, I don't know why I'm not, I mean, I didn't grow up with millionaires, so I, I can't say. I know right. what that feels like, but I, you know, I, I just think everybody's, doesn't matter where you come from. And that's why they, they, when I first, like, came out with, like, these issues and stuff and came forward with my career and all that stuff, like, the only, I didn't give a fuck what people thought of me with these issues or my, my past and stuff. I care, I, I don't want them to point at my family and be like, yo, you fucking sucked at raising him. Sure. That's the shit that pisses me off because I don't, I think that's a cop out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, now, I'm sure if a kid gets abused, I know, actually, I know people that have been molested and grew up shitty childhoods that are fucking great citizens to this day. No doubt. So, it's tough. That's a tough, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think we have these stories we tell ourselves about how, how those things happen, and, mm. and they're usually not true, mm. right? And, uh, and, you know, I've seen some, I was reading this book recently about the idea that, the, you know, depression maybe comes from having it too easy yeah right and that's probably not the only scenario mm -hmm. obviously you could go through some shit and end up depressed too yeah. right but um but that's one scenario right is that uh is that you know it, it's just I, I think like so we we tell ourselves these stories about this path that we see famous people mm -hmm. depressed or commit suicide or whatever and we always think like oh they had it so they had it so good. How could that happen, mm -hmm. right? And um, you know, I think you're bringing up the fact it, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, I just don't think it does, man. I think it's. You know. So what have you learned now? Um, now you're a grown man, and as you said, there's consequences, whatever. So how you know when those issues come up for you, what's your process like? Well, now it's like I got too much to lose <laughs> with the career and like making money and shit like that's yeah. that, that's my number one focus now like yeah. my at, at the time i didn't i didn't have shit going for me bro i was a bum so i was broke i mean i was a high school kid so you know, sure. most high school kids are broke living off their family or their guardians or whatever so i think you're supposed to be I, yeah right you, your parents job is to keep you broke at that age facts <laughs> facts uh they made sure of that they didn't yeah. want me getting money at that age because they knew i'd fucking do that's some right. dumb shit with it that's uh right. but yeah man i uh what, what, um, did you hear from fans, like, you know, on the, on the, uh, as, you know, related to mental health stuff? Like, did you hear, did you hear from fans about how, what your lyrics were impacted? Oh, them? dude, for sure. Like, I was, uh, this other interview the other day, and I, uh, yeah, same question. And it's crazy because literally, like, probably 85% of my DMs and, like, emails and stuff are all, like, messages containing to, your music saved me. I relate to you. I'm going through the same shit. I have IED. I'm dealing mm -hmm. with. I'm. I'm bipolar. Like it's all that. You know what I mean? That that's most of my 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 messages, and that that's those are the best messages. People yeah. saying like, oh, like you saved my life, or my boyfriend's in jail, and you're like you're keeping them like shit like that, bro. Like that's bigger than music to me, mm -hmm. and that's why like that's what really made me when I started getting those messages. When I started getting a fan base a couple years ago, like those are the ones that were like that made me like want to keep doing this music. Like there's times where I feel like, man, I don't feel like fucking doing this shit sometimes. But then I'll get like messages like that and I'm like, right. yo, like that's what makes me want to like try to be the biggest artist I can and work sure. my ass off because there's people now counting on me. You know what I mean? And shit like that is, as crazy as it sounds, like how can you count on somebody you've never met? Yeah, but go back to that Michael story. 
right? Like, True. You know, look at all the lives that he touched and the people that counted on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, no, I, I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have this style. I think your publicist here called you uh, uh, the Marilyn Manson of rap. Yeah. Um, the source actually that's how that came about the source right? magazine said that yeah so when they said that shit at first I was like cause I've never been like uh, cover your ears fan base I think I'm a Manson fan uh, <laughs> I've never really been a Manson fan I don't really know his music like that so right. when I said that I thought I was like the dude with makeup that wears titties on stage and shit I was like what the fuck well then I dove in a little bit more I'm like okay I can kind of see it I guess a little right. bit but sure but yeah no that that was interesting when that so how did how did that style emerge? Like I, I get where the lyrics come from, right? Um, but you know, you definitely—I mean, watching your your videos, you know, you, there's definitely a persona there. Yeah. Um, did that happen from the beginning, or or were there phases? That honestly, that was—I uh, mean, there was phases. I, obviously, every artist goes through phases. But the dark shit is what I started with. I mean, yeah. horrorcore. Uh, that was my first song I ever wrote back in high school was was one of the most gruesome songs I think I've ever made and it's called Trick or Treat. Sitting in the mansion, finance in advance. Make you more scared than eating dinner with the mansion. Yeah, I mean I've always because I was so angry as a kid. I, I was so I hated everybody. I wanted to kill everybody. Like I was such an angry person. Mm-hmm. And so I made these stories and these and I got all my anger out like I said on paper and stuff and all that was coming out were these like crazy ass fucking rhymes and like little storytelling things and stuff like that so that's what really what got me my where I'm at now is just being different like there, you have like people like ICP and stuff I hear that all the time but they're, they're everybody's like they're just different like they you're doing something different than them and it's like so there's always been like dark and hip-hop even Eminem has some crazy shit you know Moral technique, you know mm-hmm. those guys. They, mm-hmm. There's been darkness in hip hop, but I, I think I feel like I'm doing it a different way. I'm just being me, honestly. I'm just, like I said, making the music, and the, the brand is just me. And it's really the brand is me, ten years ago. Like yeah, so that's what I was wondering is like, you know, I mean, I'm sure you know you still have your anger as we all do, mm-hmm. um, but you seem like you know, I'm sure there's days when you're not angry. Oh yeah. And and uh, and how does that impact your writing like when you go to write now and mm. you're feeling cool about everything like i'll write some cool shit yeah i still got songs like I, i'm doing a thing right now called music, new music mondays mm-hmm. and my goal with new music mondays is to release a song every monday but have that each week be different wow. so like i'll drop a horrorcore song like this monday and then next monday i'll drop like an r&b song and shit so yeah. i'm really trying to evolve that way i don't want to just stay in a box like yes i'll always be known for the horrorcore shit and the dark music but i don't want to be just known for that i want people to be like yo this dude's not just a horrorcore rapper he's a fucking artist this dude can do anything like i'll write a country song for an artist if kenny chesney hits me up tomorrow like yo i need you to write me the five most fire country song i don't listen to country but god damn it i'll make you the fire country song because nice. i i just i want to be versatile so yeah uh yeah man i i'm all about moods man the schizophrenic and the bipolar isn't just like in me it's it's in my music as well so you never know what mood you're gonna get you know mm-hmm. one day i might drop like i said a drop like a love song i might be i might fall in love at the club you know this weekend come out with a song and then she might break my heart the next week and i want to talk about killing her you know right. so it's like you never know what you're gonna get sure so that's i think that's cool. fun i think I, I think that's fun i think artists that stay in a box that shit gets boring. I feel like they die out. I feel like if you keep your fans on your, their toes and you never know what you're going to get, I feel like that's fun. Hello, everyone.
Everybody, my name's Evan D. Craven. I am today's newest patient. I'm glad I'm participating. I guess I'll start this off by saying I'm a labeled assailant. They found a couple unknown bodies riding on Um, where'd that new Music Monday idea come from? <laughs> Uh, I, I just, really, it was me having so much fucking music piled up and I knew that I was never going to be able to really release it all. So I was mm -hmm. like, I got to do something with these. I got to wipe the dust off them. So, and I just appreciate my fan base so much. And growing up, the one thing that I loved about Lil Wayne was he dropped music all the time. Yeah. I could always come home from school and know that Wayne was dropping a track. And mm -hmm. that was the dopest thing as a fan. Yeah. So if I can give my fans that too, like that's that makes me happy and that's what I want to do so I, so we're on our third season right now um, so we've been doing it for the last couple years mm -hmm. and uh, when I first did it everybody like everybody on my team is just like yo like you're, you're spoiling them you're, you're dropping too much music like right. chill out yeah. but then we saw the numbers like just start growing from that <clears throat> and that was that was when I was like yo like this is what I got to do so all the songs that don't make the album New Music Mondays. Yeah. So. Uh, and so, does that mean, are you recording, like, on a daily basis? All the time, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say, right now, not daily. I was yeah. doing daily for a while, a couple months ago, but uh, I tend to overdo it sometimes, and I feel like if you, too much of anything isn't all the, the right thing to do sometimes. Right. So, I, uh, I was actually these last couple of weeks I've been on like a little writer's block. So I've just right? been, yeah, I've been really focused on videos and visuals. Oh, okay. So I've been doing a lot of scripts and writing a lot of treatments these last couple of weeks and so I try to shift if I'm if I'm kind of whatever on one thing I try to find an, another piece in my brand that I can really focus on and elevate whether that's videos or or just pure production yeah or uh, you know photography anything like that shows so right now we're writing that's really smart I mean I you know everyone I know you know creative people go through writer's block and mm -hmm. I think um, that's something I've done sometimes it's just you turn your attention somewhere else where you can be productive mm. and just keep it moving yeah that's the other thing like why i want to make different types of music because yo like i would get so bored of making the same type of songs every fucking day sure like if i just did only horrorcore music like that would drive me nuts like i can only talk about dismembering a family so many different ways like come on guys don't you because <laughs> i get fans that are, like the hardcore horrorcore fans when yeah. i drop anything that's not horrorcore like man you're getting soft where's the dark shit it's like you guys man Trust me, you guys are going to get bored of it after a while, yeah. so just just bear with me, you know, so, yeah, you got to, but writer's block happens, dude, it happens to everybody, like you said, and you just got to find ways to, uh, I used to get so discouraged, I thought I was falling off when I was uh -huh. first starting out, and I'd get writer's block, that shit happens to everybody, right. and uh, like I said, you got to find ways to just work around it, and then get back to it when it comes back to you. So are you noticing then, you know, if you're making music in different styles, right, are you noticing different fan bases like is there the horrorcore mm. fans mm. and then the r&b fans hell or whatever? yeah hell yeah dude i honestly this the, the going viral on tiktok like gave me so many like mainstream fans it's insane so then i made me feel like damn i gotta make some some club shit i gotta start uh -huh. making some more like mainstream music which yeah. is horrible for fans to hear when they're underground artists is you know stay underground don't do that you know but you have to bro you have to like, you have to evolve, and you have to cater to people who are listening to your music because that's the paycheck. So, 
as much as I say like, yo, I, I'm always going to make music I want to make, that's 100% true because I like sound of like, you know, I like, like, I, I like a lot of pop songs, bro. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of pop songs that I fuck with. There's a lot of like jazz songs I fuck with. There's a lot of like ED, EDM music that I fuck with and shit. So it's like, I'm always going to make songs I want, but I'm still going to cater to my audience too. So I got, you got to find both. But like, if I can make songs I want and cater at the same time, that's a win-win for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, it's a really interesting approach. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people that go too far in either direction. Mm. And I think, you know, some people are afraid to piss off their fans and then their fans move on anyway. People grow up. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I imagine, you know, something like horrorcore probably has an age range that that's most appealing to. And then, you know, some people carry it with them. I'm amazed by ICP. Like I remember they're still they, doing it. I remember when they first came out, and you know, and they're still doing it. They're in their forties, and they built what they built is incredible. Mm. It's not, I don't. It's not for me. It never has been right, for me. Yeah. But I, you got to appreciate yeah. that. Like they built this whole industry for themselves, and they and they still stay at it. It's crazy. That's that. Yeah. Like even Tech Nine and stuff. Like yeah. Yeah, you can do that and be your own CEO for sure for that long. Fuck, can't hate that hustle, bro. Yeah, like you said, ICP and shit. I don't know their shit. I don't mm -hmm. listen to their music, but I will always respect you know the hustle and the work, the grind and the longevity. Yeah, that's hard to do, for sure. especially in this industry. Almost impossible at times. For sure. Um, well, they built this tribe, right? And they got their you know juggalos everywhere. Yeah. And those motherfuckers ride for them, bro. <laughs> yeah, they those do. dudes are they're. Ride or die for life. Like I said, you said there's an age gap and stuff. Like you would think like the horrorcore shit would be more appealing to the younger kids. Yo, my 40 year old fan face, like the older, like they're the ones that are fucking really heavy with that the right? horrorcore. Yeah, bro. I wonder why. I don't. I'm not. I have no idea. But well, I don't know. Let's take a guess. I mean, I think that um, first of all, I think we all have these emotions mm. running through us. That you know, when you're in your 40s, you don't get a chance to express those or mm. tap into those very often. You know, it's a lot more acceptable to while out when you're 16. Mm -hmm. um, so music in, is an escape, right? I can lose myself in the emotion of a song for three minutes and have that, you know, have that experience. Um, I also think that, uh, you know, people like, you know, we have our core music. You, you know, you talk about Michael that you'll always love that album because because it hit you at a certain point in your life. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, someone 20 years younger, they discover Thriller, and they're like, yeah, it's a good record. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's not like I'm playing it over and over and mm -hmm. over and, you know, learning all the moves and that, because that's a, just something we do in our teens, and then we carry a lot of that with us in, you know, the, the emotional, you know, the baggage yeah. with us for life. So I think it's probably a combination of those things. That's a good point. That's a really um, good point. But, you know, talking about ICP, so I, I've, I've read some stuff you talking about your live show. Mm -hmm. And um, so tell me about, I haven't seen it. So mm -hmm. tell me about what it's like on stage. What are you trying to do? <laughs> trying to fuck shit up. <laughs> no, I, uh, my goal every night is to have people walk out of that show dripping in sweat, mm -hmm. smiling, 
looking at their homie, being like, yo, that was a fucking epic show. Let's go back tomorrow night. He's in our city for another night. Let's go back to the, let's drive two more hours up north and go to that show too. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. I don't want, there's nothing I hate more. And I, I, a lot of my favorite artists do this, the OGs and shit. They drink in their hand, let the fucking crowd sure. sing half their songs, barely move around, not very, not, that is drives me insane like i'm the exact opposite of that i want to i want to i want to mosh i want to you know crowd surf i want to i want to rock star that shit and i want to really engage with the fans and that's what i'm there for they're there to see me live they they know my music they know all that shit they're there to see you live and put on a show and a performance And i feel like a lot of especially in hip-hop a lot of artists are getting lazy there's more about looking cool and shit on stage than, than taking your shirt off getting sweaty and just fucking raging like that's so yeah yeah where did that come from? Did you, did you have that from the beginning? Yeah, I've always been very rowdy. I'm very hyper. Okay, if you can't tell. I'm very, very hyper. And yeah, I, I'm very. I'm kind of a spaz. And I also like when I, my party days, I got partied hard. Uh-huh. I was always like doing crazy shit. Yeah, getting kicked out of places and stuff. And I think like that that my my music's very laid back. I've, but I want my live shows to be like opposite of that. Like a lot of people are like, oh, dude, you're probably chill. like you probably sit down on stage and shit. It's like, yeah, I'm definitely. I want even my shows to be bipolar. Like there's certain songs that call for me sitting on a stool with a mic stand and chilling out for a little bit. But then the next song could be some crazy shit where I take the stool, smash the stool, and then fucking rage. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's what I kind of picture my rest of my career being until yeah. I get old and my knees start hurting and then I can't fucking do that. Um, so that's what I read is you said it's not a concert it's a movie yeah movie shit bro I want to make movies bro I want I want this shit to be legendary I want it to live on forever I want people to always remember the Skits Craven show yeah that motherfucker was nuts that that show was fucking insane yeah you know who's um whose shows have you seen that kind of influenced you a lot of shows a lot of shows Travis Scott yeah he's a phenomenal performer is that right yeah he's really the fucking ground, bro. I've never. This was the first time I ever seen this shit. The ground, at the festival, <laughs> doing that. Yeah. From I don't know if it was from the you know the speakers and all that yeah, shit, but yeah. it's just the vibe. Everybody was jumping. There was thousands of people. Like that shit was a movie. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, um, oh, uh, Machine Gun Kelly. He's a really good performer. I've seen him mm-hmm. once. It was really good. I was younger though. Mm-hmm. I liked the way he he you know read the crowd and catered to him uh michael jackson bro although i've never seen him live right you ever seen him live henry no but i met a girl at a party we had for him once okay there you go that's <laughs> close enough that. right <laughs> nice all right that's better than i got So you mentioned the TikTok, kind of going viral on TikTok. Yeah. How, how'd that happen, and what's what's uh, wh- what is TikTok like for you? Well, yeah, dude, that was a trip, man. Uh, so TikTok, yeah, it was on my birthday last year or last summer, on July 9th. I started getting, I was at the studio, just working, and I started, my phone just started blowing up. I'm like, what the fuck? And I go on Instagram, and I'm just getting floods of messages, and people are like, you're going viral on TikTok, you're going viral, like just all that shit. I'm like, what the fuck is TikTok? I had no idea what the fuck TikTok was. I was like, what the fuck is TikTok? Yeah. So I picked a random message, it was this chick, and she's like, hey, 
you're going viral on TikTok. So I'm like, I messaged her back. I was like, okay, can you FaceTime right now? And she's like, yes, or whatever. So I hit her up on Instagram, FaceTime, or whatever. And I'm like, okay. She's like, yo, like, do you know what's going on right now? I said, not, not at all. Why don't you cue me? First off, what the fuck is TikTok? <laughs> she's like, she's like, that's so funny. You don't know, but it's this app. It's like a lip syncing type app or some shit, and yeah. it's like blowing up right now. And somebody, one of these Disney Channel people, picked your song up or whatever. I said, what song? She said, that's all. I'm like, you're telling me these kids are singing that song? Like, that, you, what the fuck, dog? Like, that's that's dope, but, like, I would have never thought that was the song. I would think yeah. it would be one of more, more like, happier type sure, songs. Sure, sure. It was just, <laughs> that's all. So I was like, okay, that's dope. Um, so she's like, make a profile on TikTok and just, just, just ride the wave. I was like, all right, bet. And then day later, I just keep seeing, like, 30,000 videos have been made of your song, 60,000, 100,000. Like, just keeps going, like, throughout mm -hmm. the days. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, it just, yeah, and that totally gave me, like, I got, like, fucking little kid fans now and shit. It's, it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big TikTok person. I don't really do the camera. I'm not right. flamboyant. I'm not like that. You sure. know what I mean? Kind of just behind, like, I'm, I'm good on that. But yeah. it is a blessing. It's very cool now forever, uh, like hype up TikTok and support TikTok because of that. So. so so does that become, you know, part of the the strategy after that? Do you do you start then thinking about like we're now we're making music, you know, how are we getting it to TikTok or what what is that? Yeah. Uh, like you are you like adjusting things kind of on the fly as you see stuff happen like that? Oh for sure you have to. Yeah. But I don't like I don't like wake up and be like, okay, how can I TikTok? No, TikTok's like the last kind of, I just, I'm still doing what I'm doing, I still, but now I have a little more, like I haven't, so when I post things, I have one more app to post on now, I kind of see it that way, like sure. I have, I have one more like social media, whatever to, to, to show love to and to like spend time on, which is kind of, like if it wasn't for music, I wouldn't have even have an Instagram, bro, I fucking hate social media, but you have to have it, so. Right. I was like, oh, another app. Like, I don't even have Snapchat. I, n I never will have Snapchat because I can't. I'm not, you won't see me, like, waking up vlogging. Hey, everybody. I, like, I don't do that. I'm a, I'm a loner, dude. Like, I kind of keep to myself. I don't right. really fuck with that, the camera like that. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting because TikTok, you got to be super, like, I don't know. Have you seen TikTok? A little bit. It's kind of. Mm -hmm. It's you know, cringy as fuck. It's not for me. Yeah, no, but Definitely. it it's so cringy, but it's it's intriguing because it's like I watch these videos, I'm like, but I keep watching them, and I can see why it's getting so popular. Like, I don't know, these kids are taking over the world, bro. Everybody seems really happy. Everybody's happy on TikTok. I haven't seen anybody. I think I'm the most angry song on TikTok. <laughs> I don't. I've never seen anybody like. I've seen people sad, like the emo and shit, mm. the emo kids and stuff. You yeah. know that whole scene, but. Yeah, everybody's like pretty and having fun. I, I don't know. It seems like a positive right. uh, app. Yeah, know. for sure. Um, but it's definitely a lot of energy. A lot of time and energy. And yeah. then are you are you messing with Triller too? Like that's a whole other that, thing. Yeah. I guess that's my question is like, does the list just keep growing, and, and then you have to figure out how to manage it all? Or? Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. You got to adapt to the times, otherwise yeah. you're gonna not excel like especially with internet and social media you have to adapt so how do you decide uh where the energy goes and like when you know at a certain point it becomes you know a distraction from the, being in the studio or doing mm -hmm. like the other stuff you need to do it's definitely a distraction yeah 
Definitely. I'm, uh, I have to turn my phone off a lot of the time when I'm in the studio because mm -hmm. it is addicting for one and two. It's like, it's addicting, bro. Like I'm addicted to social media. I don't even like it, but it's because of my career. It's like, that's yeah. how I make my money, sure. you know? So it's kind of, uh, addiction sounds a little extreme, but it is, it is an addiction. I'm always on my phone. Right. And when I don't have my phone, I want to be on my phone. That's how right. I know that I, that I, that I'm addicted to and it. And how much of that stuff can you outsource? What do you mean? Like, like you know, you can have somebody else handle your like social. Oh, I, I could have that now. I uh, my my manager has been wanting to do that shit for like a year, and yeah. I I don't want to. Like, I love. I would feel like a fucking phony if I was like having somebody post my photos for me and doing the captions and engaging with my fans. Like, I want to engage with my fans. I want to hit them up and be like, "Yo, what's good, man? I appreciate." Like, I want to do that shit. Sure. I don't want a fucking robot or a team member to do that. Right. So that's kind of why I'm hands on. I'm sure when it gets to a certain point, they're like, you have to have help with it. Yeah. But I think I'll still always be hands-on with it. I don't think I'll ever just give somebody full control of my social media and be like, okay, mm -hmm. handle. Mm -hmm. As easy as that would make my life, it would make my life a lot easier and it wouldn't consume me as much. I just sure. don't think I could ever see myself yeah, doing that. Yeah, but it's that. not right. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you feed off that energy from fans, sure. right? So yeah. that's, that's important to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Um, what's next? What are you, what are you excited about? To get this tour going, bro. Yeah. This is all I'm focusing on right now is this tour. You know, the music's dropping every Monday. Videos are popping out left and right. That's cool. That's the easy part. It's this tour shit, bro. Like, I want to go to, all, the tough part is I'm stubborn. I want to go to all the small places. Mm. Like, going to L.A. and Brooklyn, that shit's cool. But, like, I want to go to, like, the towns I grew up in. Because yeah. nobody goes to those towns, sure. you know? So... I want to cater to a little small town in Iowa or Ohio or fucking Texas and shit like so but the problem with that is it's like it's hard to book yeah you know what I mean so we're taking our time with it um but I really want my first tour like I could have been gone on tour I could have done half-ass tours half-ass shows and shit I don't mm -hmm. want that I want my first tour to be like dope and I want to be able to give the best show possible and if I'm worried about you know, certain promoters or these little venues and shit, like, I'm not going to be able to give my fans the best show because I'm going to be stressing about other shit. So sure. I want it to just be a smooth process. It never is, but I want it to be as smooth as possible, especially for my first tour. Yeah. First time fans getting to see me and stuff, I want to give them the best experience possible. So I'm ta we're taking our time with the routing and all that, and the fans are driving me nuts as much as I'm driving them nuts <laughs> because they're every day, when are you coming here, when are you coming there? And I'm like, yo, like, I keep saying this. I've been saying this for a year, I know, but, like, just stay patient. It's happening. Yeah. Just trust me. I mean, that's a good problem to have if people are Yeah, people no, are it is. But I feel like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like, damn, am I going to lose fans if I don't start hitting these fucking shows? Like, I No, worry. you're not. That's what everyone says. But I still think that. Right. I'm, like, tripping a little bit. Like, damn, I don't want to, I don't want people to be like, you know what? Fuck this dude. He's not ever, you know. Right. So, I don't know. Besides that, I'm chilling on the being patient. I'm not a very patient person. I can tell you, I, I used to work with Linkin Park, and they would get messages from countries that they've never been to Jeez. in 20 years. Yeah. They're like, when are you coming to Malaysia? Actually, they do go to Malaysia, but like, uh, now I can't even remember which countries. 20 years, though. Yeah. Still. India. Wow. They're like, when are you coming to India? We're, we've been waiting 20 years. What the fuck? Damn. Right? And yeah, they're not, your fans are not going to give up. Wow. Okay. You made me. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's real. That's <laughs> Thanks real. for putting my mind at ease. Um, Although that is Lincoln Park. I'm not Lincoln Park. So. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, what? How, how do you put a set together? If you you put out all this music. Good question. 
No, it's how's that work? I, I, you got, I go by most popular, and then I yeah. go to my, so I do the most popular, and then I do like my favorites, and then I do like two songs that I, I'll pick ten songs that are the ad the night of, mm -hmm. depending on the city and the vibe, the weather and shit, like nice. moods. So like I'll always save ten songs, and I'll always continue swapping those ten with each other. Yeah. But then I have my set, my set songs that I, I sure. do for every city or every night. You know sure. what I mean? And that's. Um, that's cool too because, yeah, I look at the I look at my uh, my stats and stuff, and I see mm -hmm. what cities are playing what song more and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. you got to kind of do it that way. But like, yeah, man, if it's summertime and it's like a beautiful day in Los Angeles, I'm not gonna be playing some like all depressing songs. I'm gonna play mixture, you know. But if I'm in right. Iowa in fucking February and it's freezing cold and people are outside smoking fucking Newports and they're fucking. Right thing about doing heroin like i'm gonna do some i'm gonna make some dark fucking set list for them and shit yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna get weird you know so yeah it all depends but you gotta, that's cool i mean that's that's one of the great things about the the data that's available now mm. is you can literally see what's streaming you know city to city i love how spotify does that yeah for artists I, I, apple music i don't know if they have an artist thing not uh not the same way yeah Spotify, I, I praise them for that because it helps us out a lot. For sure, yeah. It's so nice to be able to see your demographic and see exactly what's it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's pretty pretty cool. Nah, that's cool. Um, okay, I got a little lightning round before I... Uh, Let's get it. Before I let you get on your way. Um, what's your favorite city to travel to? New York City. Who's your favorite DJ? Skrillex. Oh, nice. That's a good answer for you. I like. Yeah. I like Skrillex for you. I like, I like Skrillex. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's dope. Yeah. Uh, what's the last great book you read? The Bible. Okay. I've heard of it. Haven't read it, but I've heard of it. I haven't read it. The whole thing. I. Okay. You need, I, I need some God in my life, man. My life's fucking disgusting. <laughs> I need some I need some positivity sometimes. What movie have you seen the most in your life? Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. 3. Is that the best of the series? My humble opinion. Okay. Mm. Fair enough. Um All right, how much are you uh now we're off track on the lightning round, but Let's get it. How how much are you uh a horror movie fan? Like you make you make music in that lane. Are you watching all these? All of them. Everything. I have every horror movie. I think I've probably, I, I, got, I got foreign movies yeah. that are in subtitles. Yeah, I'm fucking not. What's your favorite foreign horror movie? Uh, Tony. Okay. Yeah. Australian, I think. Okay. I'm not a horror movie fan uh, with you know, a couple of exceptions, but uh, um, Audition. Japanese movie. Well, it sounds familiar as hell, but I can't. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Gotcha. Audition. What's it about? Um, it's about uh, a woman who gets like assaulted and takes her revenge. So kind of like Kill Bill type shit. <sighs> yeah, but different. Okay. It's badass though. You didn't see Hard Candy, did you? No, I didn't. Um, that was, uh, what's her name? Ellen Page from Juno. Okay, yeah. The movie she made before Juno. 
That's what put her on? Same kind. Well, yeah, it was a tiny little movie that no one ever heard of, but it was like same kind of story. Okay. But uh, audition, but it's it's Japanese horror. It's, you'll, Still, I'll, it's I'll keep sick. it. Yeah. You'll, you'll dig that. That's all I got. I, I don't That's know pretty good. She got it. me, though. You know, it's a movie I've never heard of. Shit. Um, what style of yours are you glad is not on social media? Like from your growing up, from your past? Like clothing wise, uh-huh. oh shit, uh yeah, bro, <laughs> damn, uh the big DGK fucking uh-huh. shirts with the fucking hat, and my long hair, and my fucking baggy ass pants, yeah, bro, yeah. I could go on for days. I but at the time I that's was that's not so bad. I was I dripping mean, at the time though, yeah. bro. I was swaggy as fuck. But now looking back, I was like, why would you ever? The fuck are you doing, doc? I mean, it's funny how just the the way our clothes fit has just changed everything's getting tight yeah everything bro yeah, yeah. it's like fitted now yeah remember the jinko jeans yeah for sure i do <laughs> Fucking. And, and i you know i'm too old for that shit like i won't go skinny jeans or nothing that tight yeah but like you can't but i, I remember when i first started seeing it and i was like nah we we're keeping it baggy but you can't do that can't do that you look no. like an idiot like look like you're stealing shit can't go to Supreme with some baggy shit. They're gonna be like, "Yo, bro, what the fuck's this?" <laughs> Either you're shooting up something, or you're. But, you're but here's the something. thing, though. That shit's gonna come back. It all, it all doesn't always come. Everything yeah, comes yeah, full circle. It's yeah. all gonna come back, and then everyone's gonna be like, "What the fuck was with that tight shit?" I know. Hey, you even see the NBA players? They be wearing the short yeah. shorts now. Yeah, like yeah. short, not at maybe not as yeah. short as like Larry Bird days, but yeah. they're like starting. LeBron's is definitely above the knee. We did, man. Me and Henry were thighs out. You Damn, balls hanging. You, you had no. I mean, that's how. That's, that's what crazy. It was. I can't. I can't get down with that way, bro. Dude, if if you were. That was the style, though. You were 15, 20 years older. Yeah. That's what it was. If you took a picture of me in 1984 and compared it to a picture of me today, you would not be able to tell the difference. (laughs) Okay. I mean, except from the neck up. (laughs) Fair enough. But I'm saying, you know, I, you know, you know, I grew up in a in a ghetto ass high school, and all the all the thugs and drug dealers, whatever they they were, they had some small ass shorts until the. Until the late '80s, hey, even the until Easy E showed us everybody that says let your pants sag down, sag them down, yeah. But that's crazy. But you know, five years before that, short ass shorts. That's how it was. Dolphin shorts. Well, yeah. What if you had some fucked up knees or something? Some, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just let it rock it. What are you gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> Got some fucking I don't know. Tall socks. Tall, yeah. Short shorts. They did rock the tall socks with yeah. the short shorts. Yeah, it was from the knee to the thigh Damn. that was exposed. Um, if you could wake up tomorrow, <laughs> if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any quality or ability, what would it be? Patience. Oh, damn. So you want to get patience immediately. I, I wish that's, I had a lot more patience. Yeah. That's an irony. Is that the word? Is that crazy? Yeah, that's good. I want patience now. Yeah, I'm, you want I'm patience. I'm impatient now. to get patience. I, I want know. patience, but I don't want to wait for it. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. That's a song. That's a bar right now. Uh, yeah, man, patience. I could you definitely use, use more patience. Okay, and lastly, if I was on your team, I worked for you, <clears throat> what's something I would hear you say over and over? Let's get rich. Probably. I say that a lot. That's like, good. Let's, let's ball out. Like, yeah. let's, let's do this. Love it. 
Nice. Thanks for doing this, man. It was so appreciate much fun. It. Thanks for having me, bro. Great stories. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank um, you. How's everybody find you? Skits Craven, everything at Skits Craven. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, my website, skitscraven.com. All merch is on there. You'll be able to buy tour uh, tickets for tour on there. Nice. Um, Spotify, everything Skits Craven. That's K-I-T-Z-K-R-A-V-E-N. Dope. We'll come back after the tour. Let us know how Oh, for sure. we got to get you to do a show, too. I'm in. Cool. I'm in. We'll be sweaty as fuck. Let's get it. <laughs> thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, dude. Hey, that was Skits Craven on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Um, tell us what you thought. Hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net. Facebook's is the same thing. Facebook's. I think it's called Facebook. I don't know. You decide. And um, we got videos of a lot of our episodes on YouTube if you want to check those out. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio.